You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome back to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet coming to you from Greeley, Colorado for episode two of season four. Also, episode 292 of this podcast. Today is January 4th, 2022. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the latest on COVID. For one thing, part of the latest on COVID is that some people are still trying to keep up the pretense that this is a thing. That this is a good reason to have the whole world locked down, to have the whole country locked down, to basically hand over whatever freedom, whatever liberty, whatever political power, whatever wealth you have, whatever representation you have at the drop of the hat. It's like a magic word. It's like abracadabra. If someone says COVID, you just have to give them whatever they want. So long as they're doing whatever it is that they're doing or making you stop whatever it is they want you to stop doing in the name of safety from COVID, you have to give it to them. And it's getting just absurd. It's not even like, hey, we're outraged, we're angry. It's just quite frankly pathetic. It's pathetic that the pretense continues to be kept up and... It's time to just say enough. That's enough. Stop it right now. And we need to take our lives back from these pretenders, from these unscrupulous pretenders, these mountebanks. I look at the top story at the Daily Wire this morning. Judge stays Biden-Vax mandate for dozens of Navy SEALs seeking religious exemption. This is a political purge. Make no mistake about it. It is a political purge. Anybody we can remove from a position of authority and relegate to second-class status in our military, in our government bureaucracies, in our corporations, in public life, in society, based on their unwillingness to just uncritically obey, we're going to. So you have here... Dozens. And you think about Navy SEALs. How much money, time, attention goes into training, equipping, coordinating some of the most lethal fighting men on the planet in history. In our U.S. military, Navy SEALs are the cream of the crop. There are other equivalent special forces in other branches that are also the cream of the crop, but the Navy SEALs are right up there with the very best of the best throughout history. And you've got dozens of Navy SEALs seeking a religious exemption for this COVID vaccine, and the Biden administration is not granting their religious exemption. In fact, last I heard, last I read, last week, 
no religious exemptions have been granted for our U.S. military service members. None. You can apply for one, but we're not going to give it to you, which is extremely untoward, extremely messed up. It's not even a pretense of respecting the religious convictions of individuals. No, your religious convictions need to bend the knee to the progressive program, to our obsessive need for everyone to obey us. Really what it amounts to is, thou shalt have no other gods before me, according to progressives. Instead of just trying to do good, and if you want to trace the history back for the progressive movement, progressive politics in the U.S., there was a lot of Puritan social thinking that went into the origin story of progressivism in this country. But rather than just trying to make a pure society, because, hey, we want to honor God with our lives, which certainly modern progressives are so very far from that. But the goal has changed to we define what is purity on a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week basis. It could change at any time. But what doesn't change is that you have to obey us. You have to obey me. And when that's the only constant, that tells you this is really about power. It's about obedience. It's about control. It's not about health and safety. The biggest threats to our health and safety right now are from the power-mad tyrants who want COVID, due to COVID, to be a trump card. Abracadabra, open sesame, due to COVID. Now we just can change anything, do anything, require anything, demand anything, and you have to comply or else you will face the consequences. You will lose everything. And that or else, that or else you will lose everything puts you in a real pickle. Because on the one hand, if you comply, well, you've just lost your freedom. You've lost your liberty. You've just emboldened that person who is the tyrant. You've just given them permission to continue being a tyrant. If you resist them because, well, hey, that's no, that's not good. Me wearing this mask all day, that's not healthy. Actually, I feel sick. I have a sore throat. Impetigo seems to be developing. I'm, I'm not feeling well. I'm feeling lightheaded. I'm feeling woozy. I can't see people's faces. They can't see my face. There's a whole lot of communication that isn't happening. We're dehumanizing one another. I'm, I'm very concerned about these masks. I, I, I can't wear this mask all day. That's not okay. Oh, well, you're not going to wear the mask all day. Say goodbye to your contract. Say goodbye to your reputation. Say goodbye to your freedom. Say goodbye to your ability to patronize this establishment. Say goodbye to your job. Say goodbye to your fill-in-the-blank. So it's a lose-lose that they're trying to put us into. It's funny to me. 
You have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, congresswoman from New York, caught down in Florida, maskless, hugging big transvestites. It's funny. I, I don't see you wearing a mask. I see you trying to get away to the state that has towed the line on liberty. I would say as much or more than any other state in this country. Coming from the state where the former governor was removed from office, more or less, because of scandals due to sexually harassing women, pressuring women to date him or do him favors or what have you, or else he was going to make life very difficult for them. He was basically going to use the power of the state to destroy women who either didn't go along with his advances or complained once they had been snared by him. Ooh, you talk about this to anybody. You might get a visit from some state troopers. You might get a visit from a lawyer. You might get some trouble. You might have some trouble right here in River City. This Andrew Cuomo, former governor of New York State, comes from a family. It's a family business to be in New York politics. New York State is no stranger to entrenched corruption. But in the case of Andrew Cuomo, at the outset of this whole COVID thing, we knew from the very beginning, we knew that people who are obese, who have underlying health conditions, who are elderly, are at most risk of anybody. The, the death rate, mortality rate for people who contracted COVID, for people who contracted COVID, was still... Less than 1%, far less than 1%. But the people who were most at risk were those who were obese, already sick, immunocompromised, elderly. And what does Andrew Cuomo do? He puts COVID patients in nursing homes. I will tell you right now, the intention was to drive up the death count to kill older Americans who might vote conservative in the upcoming elections to be able to milk that emergency declaration as long as possible because his state's government wasn't doing so hot. Let's drive up the death toll because the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or my needs, my political needs outweigh the needs of everybody else. In order to sell, COVID is a death sentence, therefore do whatever I tell you to do give me whatever I want from you due to COVID, I'm going to kill as many elderly people with COVID as I possibly can. It's like smallpox blankets. For all the left goes crazy about supposed genocide by Europeans of Native Americans intentionally giving smallpox blankets and blankets infected with smallpox to Native Americans to spread the disease, to kill as many as possible which is a topic for another podcast. That's, we'll get into that. 
But that's what this was. Except instead of it being European versus Native American, it's progressive politician, progressive American against the status quo. In order to do what we want to do in ousting Donald Trump from office, we're going to have to try and kill as many Americans as possible with COVID or play with the numbers as much as possible so that they are as high as possible so that we can claim that it's all his fault. Now vote for us. Don't vote for this guy. It's all his fault. Your grandmother, you're not having Thanksgiving meal with again ever? Yeah. Trump, vote for me. Only it was sloppy, right? It was poorly executed. It was not subtle. And Andrew Cuomo is paying the price now. He's no longer in office. Democrats basically decided you're too much of a liability. And since they have ginned up this whole Me Too movement and tried to stake their political fortunes to that, as part of the larger narrative that Republicans are waging a war on women because they want to stop abortion, somehow protecting unborn children from being brutally murdered in their mother's wombs equates to a war on women. Don't don't ask me how, but that's what they're going for. So rather than giving any reference to the real reason Democrats were throwing Andrew Cuomo under the bus— which was how bad he makes all the rest of them look because of what he did with the nursing homes, COVID patients in nursing homes. Democrats tried to make it into a Me Too movement. Oh, well, you know, we didn't realize, we we said all those nice things about you before we realized that you were harassing, sexually harassing women, making unwanted, undesired unwelcome sexual advances towards women. Now you got to go. But I'm looking at this and I'm in awe that anybody dares keep up the pretense. CNN is now warning that obesity is linked to COVID deaths and the internet is welcoming them to April 2020. Article at notthebee.com. I love that there's a picture of the tweet From CNN, people who are overweight or obese are at a much higher risk of much more severe disease and even death from COVID-19. And one new study suggests that losing weight can reduce that risk. Beside the tweet is Captain Obvious from the commercials. We've known this for two years, and it stands to reason. Captain Obvious indeed. People who are overweight are at a higher risk, so therefore losing weight would reduce that risk. Isn't it funny? Does anybody else find it funny? And I'm not saying this is a conspiracy, but it is funny. This whole body beautiful thing where I walk through a department store or I turn on the TV or I'm scrolling some Amazon store, whatever, Anywhere you can see advertisements for clothing at major department stores, major box stores, major clothing brands, 
something happened in the past couple of years to where it's not okay for the models modeling the clothing to be skinny or lean. Now, too skinny, that's not okay, right? Too skinny, that's gross. Like the whole high fashion thing where you see a woman walking down the runway and she's just like skin and bones and high cheekbones, but it's actually just that like she's so gaunt from not eating, from starving herself. Like that's gross. That's gross and that's unhealthy and let's not make that the body image goal for anybody. Nobody should be idealizing that. That's not healthy. But also, at the same time, it is not ideal to say, we're going to trot out women who are 160, 170, 180 pounds and 5'4", to try and convince everybody that all bodies are beautiful. Uh, no, I'm sorry, that's dumb. I have been overweight myself a time or two. It is stupid and wrong to say my body when I was overweight, when I had been sampling the spicy Cheetos, the Flamin' Hots, a little too much on a weekly basis, when I'd been sampling the fast food burgers, the greasy burgers, too much, when I'd been drinking too much soda, it's wrong and stupid. It's not, it's not just wrong. It's also stupid to say my body when I was 220 pounds was just as beautiful as when I was 175 pounds and working out regularly and eating clean and getting plenty of rest and dr drinking plenty of water and hydrating. I first and foremost worked on losing that weight because I saw pictures of myself and I thought, that's embarrassing. And also, I have no energy. And also, I feel like crap. If you'll pardon my French. I just, I feel awful. I feel not that good. I don't feel like I did. I don't feel as energetic as I did, as alert as I did when I was working out and eating better. I want to lose this 50, 60 pounds. And so what are we doing when we define down a lack of health and more to the point, a lack of discipline on the part of young American men and women, but in this case, primarily women, I've noticed the women's ads and the whole body beautiful thing. You don't quite say all bodies are beautiful the same way necessarily. Although I say that the moment I say that and the next big advertising campaign paradigm is going to be saying all bodies are beautiful and trotting out a whole lot of men with a dad bod. And don't get me wrong. I, I've supported that dad bod, but on the other hand, I really don't want the bar being lowered to the floor. No, no. Like I am a dad. I need to have a dad mind. Where's the dad mind? Where's the dad heart that wants to be around in 30, 40 years? Who wants to exercise so that he's able to keep up with his kids as they grow? Maybe keep up with his grandkids someday. But so also, for the exact same reasons, even though the expression of it is different, women's bodies 
are different than men's bodies. Don't know if that's news to you. Welcome to the past <laughs> 6,000 years of human history. <laughs> but the, the reason at the end of the day should be the same. You are healthier when you're not overweight. Don't know if you knew that. You're healthier when you're not underweight too. If you're, if you're 90 pounds and six foot three, something's wrong, right? Something's wrong with your metabolism or your eating habits or your rest or something. Something's not quite right. You should be, you, you should not be 90 pounds and six foot three and six foot two and something's wrong. You need to see a doctor. Also, if you're 400 pounds and five foot six, something's wrong. Something's wrong with your diet, your exercise, your rest, your hydration, your metabolism. You might have a medical condition, possibly. But if you have a medical condition, we don't need to lie to you and say, you're just as beautiful as somebody who is in good physical shape. And oh, by the way, in addition to the many other things that you're at a higher risk of being vulnerable to because your immune system is not as good, because your body is not going to be able to sustain itself as well when it's overweight. Also COVID. So imagine that. Also COVID. Losing weight can reduce that risk. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Being overweight puts you at a much higher risk. Not just a high risk, a much higher risk of much more severe disease and even death from COVID-19. Losing weight can reduce that risk. No, it will reduce that risk. If you're overweight, if you're a healthy weight, then it, whatever. Just try to take plenty of vitamin C, drink plenty of water, get good rest, exercise, stop stressing out. You know what also reduces the risk of getting COVID? Not stressing out about COVID. Funny thing about it. And yet, here we've also got Exclusive poll, America's fears rise for 2022. That fear is killing us. That fear is making us stupid. Frank Herbert would say in his science fiction novel, science fiction series, but science fiction novel, Dune, fear is the mind killer. In other words, when you're afraid, you're not thinking clearly. You're not making good judgments. You're not making good assessments of the situation. When you're afraid, that fear can control you. It affects your inputs and your outputs. You're not understanding the situation like you would if you weren't afraid. And you're also not responding to the situation as you would if you weren't afraid. So sometimes in a crisis, what you've got to do, and we're three years in, so it's about damn time we figure out how to stop being scared little rabbits about this. But if you're in a crisis, the first thing you need to do is calm down. First responders will almost always lead with trying to calm someone down. If they can, if that person's not so far gone hysterical, they're not here right now. Please leave a message after the tone. First responders will say, all right, sir, please calm down. Or something to that effect. If they don't say it like that, they're going to try and modulate their voice, try and de-escalate the situation, whatever it is, whether it's a fight or a flight response, Let's calm down 
explain to me what happened. Let's think through this together. Let's come up with a plan here, what we're going to do. Let's take control of the situation. You help me to take control of the situation by giving me the information that I need. EMTs, in order to keep somebody from going into shock, they might put a blanket over somebody that, for all intents and purposes, it's not about keeping that person warm, first and foremost, but that person needs that additional layer of comfort so that their brain can catch up to what is happening so that their body is able to respond appropriately. Its defense systems kick into gear. There's another headline here. This Virginia teachers union sent out a letter because they are afraid to return to work, but they got mocked mercilessly because the letter was chock full of grammatical errors. That is too funny. On that note, I don't know who requested it, but a big thank you to whoever did. There's a copy of my book, and this is why we homeschool, at the Sydney Public Library. My wife was sent a text message with a picture of my book with the sticker, the little barcode, Highland Plains Libraries, Public Library, from Tristan Eveland. She checked out my book. Once she's done with it and she returns it, and you live in the Sydney area, you're welcome to get a copy of my book. Check it out or buy it. That's also cool. I don't mind if you buy my book. I really don't. But this is why we homeschool. <laughs> this kind of nonsense. Arlington Education Association is woefully uneducated on the risks of coronavirus. Also, they don't know how to write good. They don't know how to speak good. You have, on the one hand, a very concerning thing here that these are people educating children in America when they themselves obviously did not receive a good quality education or didn't take, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. They received it, but it didn't take. It didn't stick. But on the other hand, again, once again, there's two ways to look at this. As with every other feature of this whole COVID nonsense for the past two to three years. On the one hand, we can say, I'm terrified. And, and let me be very frank. It's no better to be terrified about the tyranny being exercised, being attempted due to COVID. And I quote, due to COVID. It's no better to be freaked out about that and controlled by your fear of that than it is to be freaking out about COVID and be controlled by your fear of COVID. Fear is the mind killer. Generally speaking, just with the exception of fearing God, which is the beginning of wisdom, fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Proverbs tells us. With the exception of fearing God, fear is the mind killer. It makes you stupider. Maybe that's what happened with these teachers. The Arlington Education Association has been made stupid by coronavirus, by fear of coronavirus. Again, as I said, buy my book, and this is why we homeschool, available in paperback and on e-reader. It's not a super long read. You could read it in five hours, four or five hours. But this is why we homeschool, because we don't want our children to be raised with that herd mentality, that group think that also makes you stupid when everybody else is afraid and you're like, oh, I guess 
we're afraid right now. I'll jump in and I'll join in the being afraid thing. And then you've got other people that like wolves trying to pick which of the sheep in the flock they're going to eat today. You step out of line and all of a sudden you look mighty tasty. No, I'm going to raise my children by God's grace to not be just another sheep in the flock. Let's raise these little sheep, these little lambs, to be Lambert the sheepish lion. Great little flick about a lion cub who gets delivered to the wrong address. The stork gets a little mixed up. Two storks are flying different directions. They bump into each other and each wind up taking the wrong satchel. The one with a little lion cub ends up instead of going to that lion mother with the lion cub ends up accidentally getting a little lamb delivering this little lamb to the lion mother and the one with the little lamb for the mama sheep ends up accidentally delivering a baby lion so then this baby lion ends up being raised by the mama sheep and he thinks that he's a sheep he he's got an identity crisis He's a lion, but he thinks he's a sheep. He is a sheep trapped in a lion's body. But he's also very cowardly. He's always getting made fun of by the other sheep, one of whom he is not. And then one day, the wolf comes around, and his mother is being threatened. His mother is the meal of choice to that wolf today. And Lambert thinks he thinks he's a sheep and he's going to run for the hills like all the other sheep do at first. And then he hears his mother crying for help and his instincts kick in and he deals with the wolf. Great little Disney short that plays either at the beginning or the end of So Dear to My Heart. Great film. Best Disney film ever. Changed my mind. I got to go though. That's all for today. That's all for this episode. As always, thank you for listening. Don't let fear control you. Don't let fear control you in the new year. It's enough that we have lost as much time as we have. No sense throwing good time, good energy, good political power, good money after bad. It's a sunk cost. Don't go justifying further waste on the grounds that we've already come this far. No. It was a mistake. Own it. Move on. Disempower these people. Stop giving them what they want. We need new representation. We need to form a more perfect union to secure our rights because our rights come from God and we need to secure our rights because we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to God, to our families, to our loved ones. Can't fulfill that responsibility if we have no rights. But again, As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Thank you.